Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Or let me just say, uh, Mike Washington is back on assignment, so we're going to have to catch up with him a little bit uh, next week. So we'll keep it rolling, see if we can get it done and make him proud today. So let me just jump right to it. Professor Bishop, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Doing well. We got championships this weekend. We got rivalries this weekend. It's time to jump into it. Man, let's get into some of those championships and let's get into some of these rivalries. This should be good. Welcome to episode 205 of Inside the HBCU Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dashboard, all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCA 1230 AM studios with the Radio Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Man, Texas Southern has a home game this weekend. Should be oh. Last home game of the year. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THCA Agency. THCA Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational Consulting and Data Analytics. So that was pretty hot in terms of what's going on there. Before we get into some of this news today, let me give a shout out uh, to Kevin Kroom and Tori Clark, who invited myself and some other colleagues, including Dr. Courtney Flowers over there at Texas Southern University that runs the Sports Studies uh, program with me. She's over the graduate program, getting it done in a lot of ways. One of my mentors, Dr. Billy Hawkins and colleague, Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes, Courtney Gaucher uh, from Athletics uh, were on there getting it done. So we got a chance to talk for N4A as they hosted the HBCU LRI subcommittee educational panel, the student athletes experience at HBCUs before and after graduation. So we got to speak uh, to some college athletes as I like to use the term it, uh, from the different conferences and so, obviously, this included all five conferences, so I really appreciated the fact that they uh, made sure that they were inclusive from that perspective. Obviously, the oldest, CIAA, SIAC at the Division II level, and then at the Division I level, you had the SWAC and the MEAC, and also at the NIA level, they had GCAC. So, shout out for that opportunity. Um, it is on YouTube, so you can go check it out if you want to see a little bit of the dialogue on the academic side. I, I was uh, good to be a part of that, and that was great. We're going to get into it hot and heavy. 
we have a guest that's coming in that uh, is going to bring a different perspective when I release the poll rankings today. I can tell you there is a change at the top. So we'll see what that looks like. And you can see where the change affected, who was changed at the top. But that top five might be changed a little bit. So stick around for that. We'll get into that in the second quarter, as they say at the show. But as we drop it, let's get into it and see what some of the hot uh, news of the day. What are some frameworks going around? Let me go to Charles and see where you want to start it. Before I do that, let me give some shout out to love to the lab lecturers out there. We hadn't uh, got deep into that. They're bringing it hot and heavy today. Michael Ford lecture dinner time from the Bayou Shrimp and Grits. Boombox classes Saturday. <laughs> in the life get. I like it. Representing Kappa Alpha Psi. That's right. I see it. I see it. Troy Lamont. Coleman, he's registered his robbery, smack talk, quote, about to drop that L on South Carolina State University, end quote, Aggies in the house. That's right. I like it. Oh, Wendy wow. Jenkins Bishop, always supporting us at the highest level. Nguenzo Phillips, the is in the barn, darn building, yes, indeed. Ricky Burton, we in the lab, baby, yes, yes. Shout out to the, soror the sororities out there. I see that, Bishop. That's how you hang it in there. The White Moors in the house. Good evening, Dean and professors. Thank you all to the veterans for your service. That is certainly yes. appropriate. Uh, mm -hmm. Putting that out there, much thanks. Jason Thornton, and you know as HBCUs, uh, we certainly represent well in any categories, and that includes the militaries and the veterans for their service. So Chad Cooper, good evening, professors from Baton Rouge. Stop by Chicken Shack. Saturday, Professor Bishop. There you go. Check well done. Well done. You might have to maybe you then tell us what you think about that. Harvey Parker, good evening inside the HBC Sports Lab. And when you go to the chicken shack, make sure you told them Chad Cooper sent you. And we in the lab. If they want to get on board and give a shout out, we certainly will make sure we can give them some love. Merrick Williams, what's up? Go Jags. Yeah, this All these Jags. Wow. Yeah, Hopkins in here. Einstein Maddox, that's Thomas Maddox. Uh, Jason Thornton says, good evening. Stephen A. Miller. Oh, yeah. A.D. Drew. Prayers to A.D. and family as he's dealing with it, certainly. Prayers uh, to A.D. Yeah. Uh, Battle of Purple and Gold this weekend. Yes, it is. K. Johnson says, late for class, but let's go. That's right, but you bring it. So some people have a little more privilege with the time when they come in when you're a regular. You don't even have to announce it. You just come on in. Because you sit in the front row anyway. It's the ones that sit in the back and try to sneak in that uh, we tell them. Because I always say, students, there's studies out there that tells you the students in the front get better grades than the students in the back. So it tends to be A students in the front. And we're not even going to talk about the grades further back, you know, because I don't acknowledge anything under a B minus. And that's uh, the privilege that I do. Charles can tell you about that. That's real talk in the classroom. That's real talk. Charles, what is some news in there? Yeah, uh, and again, I want to echo the sentiments of, uh, of Happy Veterans Day. Uh, uh, be sure to stop by pregame show page. Uh, we had an opportunity to talk to uh, Donald Turley, who's a former uh, Marine, uh, who's now on the Jackson State football team, and he shared his thoughts with regards to uh, being uh, in the Marines Veterans Day and uh, and being on the Jackson State football team. So, uh, by all means, stop by the pregame show YouTube page to uh, give a listen to Donald Turley. Uh, let's take a look at some. Uh, uh, news going on today in the HBC world, and this comes to us via HBC game day. Kevin Durant, Ky Kyrie Dur 
Irving and Harrison Barnes provide sneakers for an HBCU. And uh, this article is a great read. Brooklyn Ford, uh, Brooklyn S. Ford, and former MVP, was one of several uh, NBA stars who provided sneakers for North Carolina Central prior to the start of its season on Tuesday. So Nets, Dari Kyrie Irving, and Sacramento Kings guard, Harrison Barnes provided some gear for the MEAC squad. So that's a nice story out there uh, for some NBA players uh, giving back to some HBCUs there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Keep it going. Keep it getting done. Spread the wealth. Spread the love. Let me get in there. Since this is some good smack talk going back and forth. Very Williams says, <laughs> great feelings about my Jags this week. Nothing gets our team going like Jay Stank. Nine in a row. Oh, man. Shots fired. Uh, Phillips jumps back in here. Doc, just know this. JSU going to take our belt off and BSU, lowercase, senseless. Saturday, just like uh, you got going going down there with Varick, that was a lowercase J stink. I just want to make sure that I acknowledge <laughs> both of those. But yeah, it's getting good in here. I like I like this. So we might uh, sway back and forth to make sure we get some of that out. Jamie Walker's in the house, making sure we uh, shout him out. So uh, Herbert Bolton is in here, big time Texas Southern alumni booster. So a lot going on. Let me turn it right back to you and see what else news is on your mind in terms of what's going on here. Before we get in there, I did want to talk about this. SWAC introduces uh, the new football classic portfolio, Charles. I think this is fascinating, a great opportunity where you're marriaging a lot of things together. I got to interview and talk to Charles uh, a little more about this. He told me this was coming previously as we did a little bit of some consulting work about it, but then I turned it from a media perspective and just uh, got some questions answered. So, I do want to take a deeper dive in this. So SWAC introduces its first ever football classic in partnership with Pepsi and General Motors, GM, as part of the conference's effort to expand its portfolio. The inaugural SWAC football classic features a gridiron showdown between Alcorn State Braves and Jackson State University Tigers and will take place Saturday, November the 20th, Veteran Memorial Stadium in Jackson, Mississippi. It's another rivalry game. Um, a little ahead of ourselves, but I thought it was important to get this out of here. Quote, the Southwestern Athletic Conference is extremely excited about the partnership with Pepsi and General Motors for this unique branding opportunity. He continued, quote, through the SWAT football partnership, we plan to create a meaningful fan experience that will continue to elevate the overall level of engagements at our events, our SWAT partners, and commitment to growing the event. And we'll look forward to hosting uh, of the inaugural meeting featuring Alcorn State and Jackson State. There are, there are some things going forward. It's important because I know some people kind of question out there was this about, you know, moving the old classic uh, that had various variations in terms of the name of it, the Soul Bowl and things of that nature? And no, this is essentially a one-time deal. And this is the best way to explain it. This is will be like a game of the week type thing. Okay. So it will go around the conference. It'll be some of the hottest matchups. Uh, where you'll feature different games so to go to a particular campus uh, if you would and it's a way to make sure money goes back directly to the hands of schools in terms of sponsors so with this being home game there will be funding directly going into Jackson State in terms of this and it again it will be distributed across the campus over the next couple of years and it will be most likely uh, the way you would think about it when you see other conferences doing these games of the week You'll see this throughout the season, but it's marrying 
of the cultural aspect of what we use in the term we use with classics. The, obviously, those sponsors with Pepsi and General Motors that are swag, they'll be happy because they'll get direct contact the fans in the big experience. The institutions will be happy because now they get extra additional uh, media exposure associated with this and they get the finances that are directly going to them for the game. Uh, obviously, the conference office gets the additional exposure about putting this together. So that's something that I thought was fascinating. And you'll see that this will be another step in the direction as the media uh, part of the conference steps up in terms of broadcast and what's next uh, as you expand the opportunities for networks looking at trying to uh, get a chance to showcase what some think is one of the hottest HBCU conferences out there. So I wanted to break that down a little bit for folks that uh, had heard about it, but maybe wanted a little more uh, into that news. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, did you see the tiebreak information out there? You got any news on the tiebreak, either for the MEAC or SWAC? Have you had a chance to break that down? If you get a chance, uh, would you expound on the tiebreak uh, information that was shot out? for either of the conferences? Well, I, I know with regards to the, the SWAC, and I know you and I, we talked a little bit about uh, what tiebreak scenarios, especially uh, if uh, Jackson State should clinch this weekend, if Prairie View should clinch uh, this weekend, what, what the tiebreaker scenarios will look like. And, and you very astutely pointed out that it will go to, the, I believe, the fourth uh, tiebreak should, you know, both teams win this weekend, that uh, essentially it goes to the national rankings of Jackson State and or Prairie View and who would be the higher uh, seed as to who would host the game. So uh, that would right now should things play out uh, if Jackson State and and Prairie View should clinch this weekend. Jackson State as it stands, uh, if they win this weekend and against Alcorn, they would essentially host in Jackson, Mississippi. So a lot, a lot of football be played, but those those are, you know, tiebreak scenarios we were talking about with regards to uh, Jackson That's right. State and Prairie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'll break down all those tiebreakers just uh, to close it out. As you said, if it plays out that way, at this point, uh, just not to belabor the uh, point, as you said, if things play out, so the teams that are still in the hunt, Florida A&M at 5-1 and one in the SWAC, uh, mm-hmm. they need the help. They need things to take place this weekend. With Southern, as we had those folks jumping in here saying they're going to do their part, you need Southern to defeat uh, Jackson State, and then you need it to happen again with their other rival, Alcorn State, and then FAMU would get in. So they're still in the mix, technically. Alcorn State, similarly, is still in the mix. Uh, They need some additional help. They can start it with themselves. They play Prairie View, and as you said, Prairie View wins, they clinch. Same with Jackson State. They play Southern. They clinch if they win that matchup, uh, um, essentially. Because the head-to-head rule, they essentially have a two-game lead. But Alcorn State uh, would need to have Prairie View uh, be defeated by them. And then the subsequent weekend, or two weekends, because they actually play Thanksgiving weekend against Mississippi Valley. Uh, But if not, uh, or if teams are tied, regardless, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head competition. Uh, At this case, if it's Jackson State and Prairie View undefeated, which would be the first case, two teams come in, conference race undefeated, it would be head-to-head where those teams don't play. So you go to number two, overall conference record versus common division and non-divisional opponents. Well, if they defeat it, you don't have to look at that because there's no tiebreaker. You go to the third one, which is record versus non-divisional opponents. If you're undefeated, again, you skip down to that. And that's where, in my opinion, you go to tiebreaker four, 
football championship subdivision coaches poll FCS rankings. Jackson State is higher. If they went out, there's no way they're going to drop below. Even, no matter if they lose close games, it would be hard for Prairie View to see that they would jump them. Uh, technically, I guess that could happen if Prairie View just blows out everybody and they win close ones, but I don't see that. So that's where you get that scenario where a lot of folks are talking about Jackson State will likely do it. NCAA FCS simple rating is the fifth one, best point differential. Uh, the tied teams, common head-to-head matchups. If it went to that, 7-1 is best point differential between the teams. And finally, it could get to the point if everything is tied up, regardless, to three-way tiebreaker. And you would have the eight, which one is a coin flip, oddly enough. Before we get into this break, I did want to sneak it in. MEAC tiebreaker, you have uh, essentially three teams in the race. You have Norfolk State, South Carolina State. Those are the two teams that have the clearest class. South Carolina State has at least uh, clinched a part of the tiebreaker, but uh, you still have, obviously, the Celebration Bowl bid on the line, and that's going to determine over the next two weeks. Um, North Carolina Central is still in the hunt. They can get a piece of it if things fall their way. So essentially what you have is if, North Oak State defeats Delaware State, then South Carolina, South Carolina State defeats Norfolk State. South Carolina State clinches the MEAC championship outright. South Carolina State goes to the Celebration Bowl. Uh, if you get that, that's the cleanest way to do it. Uh, South Carolina State would be undefeated in conference play 5-0. If Norfolk State wins out, North Carolina Central wins out. South Carolina State loses, obviously. Uh, then North Carolina, Norfolk State North Carolina Central and South Carolina State would be declared co-champions, but Norfolk State would get the bid. And if North Carolina Norfolk State wins out, North Carolina Central loses at least one game of their last two. Norfolk State and South Carolina State are co-champions, but Norfolk State goes to the Celebration Bowl. If you're North Carolina Central and you win out, but Norfolk State loses to Delaware State, South Carolina State loses to Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, South Carolina State are co-champions, but South Carolina State goes to the Celebration Bowl based on head-to-head matchup. So that'll do it for us. Let's get into this break, and we'll be right back as we uh, get into the poll rankings, and we'll see uh, if you can bring it hot and heavy. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slow Burn. Visit our website, www. Dot slowburnwaco.com Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. 
Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Professor Bishop and Mr. James Wesby. Brother Wesby, as we say around these parts, for those that understand that he's a former drum major at Jackson State University. So we thought it was appropriate as I do the poll rankings that we get what we would call an expert in the field to tell us a little bit about what we should be looking at. And we have some experts that are voting them in the poll rankings, it's not just me, as y'all said, but the unique thing about this poll ranking, James Wesby, just so you know, I'm sure you've heard about it, but for those that are tuning in and may not, give me a chance to refresh everybody. This is HBCU marching sports. And so when we do our poll ranking, it's just not about those fan bases out there, getting people to collectively vote and get these fan representation and see who has the strongest base about supporting. This is about the sport, meaning Head-to-head matchup. Somebody wins, gets a W, somebody loses. So all we look at all season, week to week, are band matchups. And they're HBCU matchups. So that's what is key here. We did have the intro in terms of uh, you have these marching band uh, frameworks or whatever. So you had the Houston Battle of the Bands, if you would, down there, the National Mm -hmm. Battle of the Bands. So that it was 18. So we had the first four top ones that came out of that. We matched them up with teams, and you either got a win or you got a loss. So you mm-hmm. could have been strong with your fan performance, but you were matched up with somebody, and either you won it or you lost. And ever since then, we waited for matchups. And then we told bands, if you want to have in the rankings, you want to win a loss, you need to travel with your team. Mm-hmm. You get out there, get on mm-hmm. the road, and you need to travel. So we'll see what that looks like. So let's get into mm-hmm. this poll ranking. Now you know the framework of it. We're going to let you know. Let's start out with the top 10. So we're going to start out with the top uh, first six teams in the poll ranking. So the first one is, is North Carolina A&T. We have some teams that didn't drop out this week and have some teams receiving both. North Carolina Central is the name one of them. But at number 10, you have North Carolina A&T, the blue and gold marching machine. They're one and one. They've only had two HBCU matchups, so that's where they stand. At number Mm -hmm. 10, they stay at number 10 this week with 10 points. At number nine, you have Alabama State Mighty Marching Hornets, three and two on the season, one and two. So you see they've gotten on the road, and they've had several HBCU marches. They've had some close games. They even got on the road and got some house, but it wasn't enough to get it done. But it's sitting at three and two, one and two, (laughs) 13 points. At number eight, you have Alcorn State, which is the Sounds of Dynamite thing. Three and one on the season, two and one. Uh, They have had some tough matchups, but they've gotten it done. 16 points ranked number eight. You have number seven, Prairie A&M, Marching Storm. Started out pretty hot, but they've slipped in terms of the last game. They haven't had a lot of travel games. So they're just two and one in the ranking. And that's all conference games they've been a part of. So they mm-hmm. sneak in there with 47 points. At number six, surprise a lot of people, mid-major program, if you would call it that, out of the Division II ranks. Uh, they had the upset of the year thus far, beating Tennessee State. 
Uh, they sitting at five and zero, three and zero. They've traveled quite a bit against their Division two foes and have gotten into some games. They had Central t- t- State twice, but so make sure you think about that. They sit at five and zero, three and zero in their conference race. They're getting it done. So that's the first five, the bottom programs as we go six to ten. Let's get into the top five rankings where there are some changes because of some battles that took place. Sit that number mm-hmm. five, but though Cookman, the marching Wildcats are two and zero, oh, uh, but they've been barely hanging on to that, and you see them starting to slip because they just haven't had enough band competitions. They do have that big one coming up <laughs> in the Florida classes. We'll see if that means anything. But they're two and zero, oh, right? Fifty-eight points. None of them have been conference matchups thus far. Mm-hmm. That number four, you have Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion marching band, three and one. One and oh, quietly climbing up, getting it done. They were previously ranked five, so they bumped up. At number three, you have Jackson State, the Sonic Boom of the South. Did not play this weekend. They've been dominating the rankings. They were previous number two. They've had that early loss uh, they had against FAMU, but they've been undefeated since then. But they sit at five and one, three and one. Uh, two first place vote. At number two, you have FAMU to marching 100.1. Uh, they were previously undefeated, took their first loss, some people say, down there in Baton Rouge. Of course, according to this poll ranking, they still have three first-place votes just outside of the number one spot at 84 points. Previously ranked one, so they fall. The number one, a new number one, Southern Human Jukebox is 6-0, three first-place vote, 88. Previously ranked three. What's beautiful about this, it will play out on Saturday, at least for number one versus number three. We get that quintessential matchup. Some people call it the boom box classic. Not mm. only do you have the football game against two heated rivals, but you got two of the top bands, and they go head to head. Wednesday, why I see you consternating, you ready to go. We're going to make you hold it <laughs> a little bit. We're going to bring it to Charles Bishop and let him see what he has to say. And then we're going to tune you loose, James, and, and let All you right. bring the noise. <laughs> And tell us Let's see what, what, what Charles what has. What you love about the poll rankings if you want to get invited back to the show. No, just kidding. Do what you got to do. <laughs> well, I'll I, I tell you what. I, I thoroughly enjoyed FAMU and, and Southern getting together last week. Uh, you know, we, we always talk about styles make fights, and, and it was an interesting uh, fight with regards to FAMU and Southern going at it last week. And I had it as a, as a toss-up because I enjoyed some of the selection FAMU had, especially in the, in the field quarter. Uh, but Southern just, uh, they are the kind of the total package this year. I see where they are, number one. This should be a fun one this weekend. It's the Boombox, Jackson State, and Southern. Wesby, hey, bro, let's, let's, let's take a look at this matchup because um, – yeah. I, I know I, I sat in the stands maybe three or four years ago, and there was a literally a thunderstorm that came uh, that descended on Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. They cleared out everybody in the stadium, but the bands would not go anywhere. It is intense. It is a robbery. Talk to me <laughs> a little bit about yeah. Jackson State versus Southern. Well, first, this is the clearly the most anticipated battle of the year. Uh, first and foremost, let's give a little golf clap to FAMU for traveling to uh, Southern, uh, but they got spanked so hard, I couldn't even bear to see the rest of the fifth quarter. That, oh. was, uh, that was a brutal display. However, uh, 
fam you i appreciate fam you because uh one uh the identity that we spoke about uh, about fam you they did a phenomenal job coming and not uh, you know, position themselves like a, a true swag band. Now, they have a lot to learn at zero quarter, understanding how to get hype. Uh, you can't be playing on marches in the fifth quarter, I mean, a zero quarter. That's first and foremost. That's all about getting your, your band hype or whatever. But this Southern and Jackson State is going to be a great battle. Um, when the last time, I think, Chuck, you said the last time they saw each other was at Memorial Stadium, right? Yeah, that, that was a year that yep, I think I yep, remember that was yep. a thunderstorm. That was that's out. right. That's right. So yeah. they have a lot um, of of baggage they want to get out. I think they they uh, FAMU was a good uh, you know tester for SU, and they played some of the songs out the bag. And I think Jackson State played some some stuff out of the bag at, at Mississippi Valley. So I think both of them had a little. Uh, boxing match before the heavyweight uh, boxing title this this weekend. This will determine to me who is number one and who is number two out of these rankings. Um, I, I, I think fam, you will you know handle their business with Bethune Cookman, but the the big mega heavy hitters is going to be this weekend with Jackson State and Southern. Uh, I really appreciate Alcorn. I hate that they're number eight. I would have probably personally placed them number four uh, because of their arrangements and what they have displayed this year. I'm very impressed. Not to take away anything from Norfolk State. Uh, they're very clean, always been a clean band. But Alcorn, if not number four, got to be the most improved band this year. Uh, so hats off to uh, Alcorn this year. Um, Alabama State, you know, they, 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 you have little Justin out there. Justin, if you see this, man, you could have came to Jack State and became a drum major. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a drum major out there. Yeah, everybody's been looking for Justin and anticipating him uh, marching in the swag, and he's done a great job out there uh, as an assistant, um, you know, band director. I mean, uh, drum major, Alabama and them, we never mentioned those guys. I think they had a pretty solid year, but I think you guys uh, said it best. If these guys don't travel, then they won't be able to get ranked. They got to travel, and that's why I appreciate FAMU taking that travel uh, to Southern and placing them in a high position this year. So, Great points made there. This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab. Uh, Mr. Wesby, can you stick around for a couple of more minutes to give just a couple of more questions and frameworks? I love the way you broke that down. And I want to ask about maybe a couple of more bands and see your thoughts in terms of how they did thus far in the year and maybe where you Absolutely. think they should be in the ranking. But let's take Absolutely. this quick break. We'll be right back after this break. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We have none other than Mr. James Wesby, former drum major of the Sonic Boom of the South breaking down what he thinks about the marching sports poll from Dr. Cavill's inside and those that are voting on it. At this point, we might start including him in as a voting person to see what's going on. We have to bring Polly in as well and let him start voting in this poll because this thing is taking <laughs> off. People have some interest in this. With that, yeah, yeah. we'll be right back I love it. of Dr. Cavill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. We do it differently here. Win or loss, it's the marching sport. You've got to travel and you've got to have some bond. Uh, HBCU band contest, you can't just ask your fans to vote. You think that's going to work? Not here. Stick with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We have none other than Charles Bishop, the professor in the house, and we have Mr. James Wesby, former drum major of the Sonic Boom of the South. Man, Charles, look what I got. I see. Got the slow burn over there. Not that. You know, this is what happens when, you know, the sponsors take care of you. This is so I can send out championship. You know, Wesby, since you came yeah. over, you know, I had seen you going down there. There Wesby, you go. Sonic Boom, come out of the poll number one, you know, the, you know, the yes, celebration. Or right. coming out of this big battle of the band this week for the Marshall Sports, somebody's got to win and lose. The winner's going to get the cigar, the smoke, and sit back and say, yeah, my band did that. <laughs> just saying, just saying. With that coming in, and I know Charles, you wanted to do a follow-up question. Let's jump into that now. Yeah, James, I wanted to ask this question because I think you brought something out really interesting. Uh, there is a complete strategy uh, to either zero quarter or the fifth quarter. Talk a little bit about that in terms of uh, how uh, band directors kind of approach uh, these two, you know, periods within where bands get an opportunity to go against each other. Yeah, you make a good point, Charles, because uh, the zero quarter is, is simply a hype uh, situation for not only the band, but the fans as well as the uh, football team as they out there practicing. They want to hear that hype. What is the latest songs that's going on with Travis or whoever uh, have the latest and the greatest? And this is the quarter that you simply I mean, you, you find yourself listening to these songs. And it's about dominance. It's, 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 you're going to hear loud blasting, uh, come, let's battle, let's get hype. What do you got? Let's talk noise. Band directors talking noise to one another. That's just like the football team before the game. They're going to talk. They're going to have the head coaches looking at each other, and it's going to be let's get, let's go. So when you deal with first quarter uh, or the zero uh, quarter, there are two bands that just, if, if you're not coming with it, then 
I'm sorry. And that's Southern and Jackson State. That's why this is this is going to be some type of battle. Another thing, you got to come into the stadium early enough to sit down, to warm up, play, play what you have to do to play up, and be ready to go to war. If not, then, you know, I'm sorry. Southern is going to blast on you, and that's it. Now, transitioning to zero quarter, that's all about arrangements. That's all about strategically playing certain music and bringing you, fifth quarter I'm talking about, and bringing you to my home, and then I'm just going to, you know, make you some warm grits or whatever and pour it on your face because you don't know how to play. That's what happened when I was talking about with uh, FAMU and Southern this weekend. FAMU came in and they played some classic music. The arrangements could have been uh, a little bit better, but I appreciate FAMU playing these classical music. But guess what? Southern has something even better for them. And the arrangements were spectacular to the point that it was like, you know, you're dealing with a heavy hitter. Next time, come back and be position yourself. And, and, and FAMU is going to learn from this, you know, uh, Bethune-Cookman as well, if they ever travel. This is a learning uh, scenario for them. Give them about two or three years. I see FAMU is going to be definitely in the top three like they are right now. What's killing them is stands. They are phenomenal in halftime, no doubt about it. They're probably one of the best when dealing with halftime shows. But when they're dealing to battle in front of me, Southern Jackson State is the premier band. I would say uh, Alcorn has done a great job. Man, that battle with Alcorn and Southern was probably the best thus far before we even got, I mean, you know, starting with Jackson State and Southern. But I love that Southern, I mean, that Alcorn and Southern battle. That was, that was tip top from zero quarter and uh, fifth quarter. So I really appreciate that. But it is a strategy. And if you don't understand that strategy, you will get beat. And Southern is a perfect example of how I'm going to play with you hard. Then I'm going to settle and play a Jill Scott with the best arrangements. And I got you because that's what the fans are going to remember the most. Wow. Perfect breakdown. So let's take it to the next one before uh, we let you know. I know your schedule is busy and you were rushing in to get in here and got some things you got to do, but we appreciate you taking out that time and giving us a different perspective of when we say wins and losses, what does that look like? Because the folks that are voting in this are former drum majors as well from right. different areas, different bands that have similar type of thought process. Um, and so they're voting on this uh, to give you that uh, perspective, including myself. So I wanted to go with Prayer View. Obviously, people didn't see the Prairie View Grambling, but many people may have saw the Prairie View. Texas Southern labeled it classic. Your thoughts mm -hmm. in terms of what they've done this year. The next one I want you to look at, you spoke on a little bit, is Bethune-Cookman. If you can tie them in, their matchups. They only had two, so you may want to uh, wait until that um, right. classic with them and FAMU uh, to give us some breakdown on that. But the other one that a lot of people have talked about is Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion Marching Band and some of their marches and how they've been really put out there. But people are not familiar with them. You know, obviously they don't see them a lot in terms of, in terms of where they located outside of the SWAC. In terms of that, they right. did come into the National uh, Battle of the Bands in Houston. So a lot of people saw them one of the first times in this and were really excited what they brought in the table. Also, North Carolina A&T, people are maybe a little more familiar with that. Uh, looking at them, obviously they're, uh, concerns have been in the fact with them transitioning to the Big South. They only have a few HBCU matchups. You get another big one this weekend where they played a rival. 
um, not in terms of the football game, but they played South Carolina State, so that's another chance they had to make another statement. So any of those or a couple of those, if you would, let me know your thoughts in terms of what they've done this year and to some degree, uh, do you agree or disagree where they're ranked in the poll rank? Well, North Carolina uh, A&T, you got to – typically you would position them in the top five, being probably fifth. Um, they've always had a solid program. And like you said before, when I was marching in the band, I didn't even know uh, the, 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 the band. We never saw North Carolina A&T, never. Uh, but they're getting a little bit more exposure that a lot of people are seeing when you're dealing with the top bands of who, who we just discussed – if they were to play those guys and visit them, then we can probably see them a little bit more. That's your prayer views. Uh, well, not prayer view, but North Carolina A&T and Norfolk State. Those are the two I'm, I'm actually talking about. Prayer view has, has always been up and down, but um, it, as it relates to inconsistency, but they have potential. They have the potential to be there right at number three and number four. Uh, I always say, um, you know, the top is Southern Jackson State FAMU, but the fourth has always been up for grabs. And, and I thought that Prayer View would probably come in this year with that opportunity to grab that fourth spot, including North Carolina A&T and uh, Norfolk State. But Don Cookman actually slid off in the last two years. I think that spanking that Ooh. Jackson State did to him probably a couple of years ago in uh, Atlanta broke their hearts. So I think they still heartbroken and couldn't never bounce back from that. But on the other side, you know, I still think that Alcorn should be there. Alcorn was back in the days was uh, one of the bands that, you know, you had to really prepare for. Then they slipped big time. And uh, this year I give them the most improved, hoping that they will continue that, that leverage, that momentum into next year to place the number four. So number four is up to grab. Unless fam, you just dip down like they did a few years ago, but it's always going to be Southern Jackson State or fam, you. And number four, we got to get it with Prairie View, North Carolina State, or uh, Norfolk State or Alcorn. Love it. Appreciate the breakdown. Appreciate your times, Mr. James Wesby, brother Wesby, as we say around these parts again. Uh, we're going to go to this break and we'll come back and we'll get back on the football side of things. Hope you enjoyed. This breakdown, special edition of the Marching Sport in terms of what we did here. And, again, shout out to Mr. James Wesley, former drum major of the Sonic Boom on South. Intriguing and told you about this matchup and what to look at when you're really talking about understanding the Marching Sport poll rankings, wins and losses in terms of zero quarter, halftime, and the fifth quarter. What do the band people really talk about when they – have that homage. Shout out to G Boom Holly. He's in here giving some game. He's a former drum major, Prairie A&M University of the Marching Storm. Uh, we have drum majors, again, all over the place, giving us some updates. So shout out to those involved. Appreciate the support and love again. We'll be right back after this quick break. Thank you. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of that. And about, about. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Lil with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As I said, Mike Washington, Professor Washington is on assignment doing some little travel, extended travel in terms of study abroad. You never know where Mike is. You know, he claims he's taking these students on these study abroad, but I don't know. I think he's just missing in action sometimes. It is <laughs> uh, Veterans Day, so celebrate. Shout out to Mike Washington as he's done his thing and all the other veterans associated with HBCUs. Uh, particularly, but all of them in general perspective. With that being said, let's get into it. I want to do a little mid-major. We can wrap this up, you know, and jump right into it. But I want to give some love to independent major division program, classic like uh, the Battle of the AMEs a lot. We have Edward Waters, Tigers 3-7, and seven. Uh, Allen Yellow Jackets 4-4. Four and four. They'll be in the SIC as they move forward as both of them are transitioning in different ways. Uh, Edward Waters 3-7, and seven, Yellow Jackets 4-4. Four and four. Tell me, this is in uh, South Carolina State. I mean, South Carolina. Who's going to win this game? What What are your thoughts on that? Just Just go there for me, Charles. Who you got? Uh, let's go. With, let's go. With, let's go with Allen on this. You going with Allen? The home team. The home team. Yeah, home. Water folks is going to sneak out there and say something about y'all. I, I, I see. I see. I, I know. Ken Langston bounce back. They are at home. W. E. the Stadium Saturday. Uh, as we have done here. They've dropped two in a row. They're still ranked fifth in the poll rankings, but they've dropped for 70 in the NIA poll. But they need this to put themselves in range of the playoff bid, particularly, but in even any shot in terms of winning the conference championship. They have the only win against the one loss team, Ottawa Spirits, up there. But it's Southwest Assembly coming in five and three, four and two. So they do have a winning record in terms of the Lions. Uh, can the Lions of Langston get it done in this matchup at home, at least to close out the season in a strong way after starting so strong? What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup, Joe? Yeah, Langston with their backup against the wall and playing at home. I look for them to get the W in this one. Uh, it's been a, a surprising past couple of weeks in terms of uh, Langston losing games. We're not used to this, but I, I think uh, in this one, we'll see Langston go ahead and get the W and position themselves to where they need to be. Let's jump into the major division independent game. Big South versus MEAC. Uh, this is major in a lot of ways. North Carolina A&T is four and five, three and three. 
They've dominated the MEAC the last several years, won the Celebration Bowl. South Carolina State has been right there. It's a um, borderline rival between states. South Carolina State Bulldogs are 5-4, and 4-0. They have their chance uh, at in their last game to uh, go undefeated in the MEAC and represent. You talk about going into the championship game six and four, uh, if in terms of maybe seven and four, or just going in possibly six and five, or how will this move out? What do you think in this matchup? A uh, and T wants to show that they continue to dominance even in the Big South. That's a good chance for uh, the MEAC in itself to make a statement about the Big South. I'm intrigued about this matchup in so many different ways. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Very intriguing matchup because. Uh, like you said, I think uh, South Carolina State wants to get a little payback on, on the Aggies and and, and uh, uh, get the W this weekend. Uh, I've been wanting to throw dirt on South Carolina State the past two, three weeks, but they've been doing a, a, a nice job, I think, of, of playing much better football. Uh, let me get, Give me the Bulldogs of this one to get the win over A&T. Yeah, we got a couple people say Bulldogs by four. People are not believing in the Aggies as much as they used to. Yeah. They'll show that they're not – Dead yet, they did have the bounce back win, stopped their losing streak there. So it'll be interesting. They are on the road. It's always tough to play in Orangeburg, no matter what's going on. All of us see Dawson Stadium. This one to me would be intriguing in just a lot of ways. I do have South Carolina State jumping into the top five this week. It'll be fascinating to see what that all means uh, moving forward. Let's go to the MEAC in terms of what's going on and go a little further into some of these teams. Yeah, Morgan at Albany, Norfolk State at Delaware State, um, North Carolina Central at Howard. We told you about the tiebreakers. Of those, anyone jump out at you? <sighs> what jumps out at me is Norfolk State and Delaware State. I need to see can uh, Sparty, can they bounce back from that uh, surprising loss last week to North Carolina Central. So uh, give me the fighting Dawson Owens to go up to uh, Delaware State and get the W. I also am curious about uh, Morgan State. Both of these teams have one losses. Another opportunity for MEAC in terms of non-conference play. Morgan State got that big win. They had an extra couple of extra days to prepare. Uh, but Albany State, the Great Danes, they have a running back uh, that will push the rock. So it'll be interesting in terms of the strength of the skill and see if Morgan State, the Bears, continue to take that next step. The other one is interesting is North Carolina Central had that protect uh, homecoming win. They really yeah. mix things up and kind of have two Norfolk State Spartans in a must-win situation. So I'm intrigued about this. Howard is a tough, greedy team. It hasn't necessarily showed in the number of wins, but they've yeah. been right in these games, whether it's South Carolina State or whether it was Norfolk State, the two teams that seem to be leading the division. They've been right in, in even some of their non-conference games. Uh, one of their wins is a non-conference win. So I'm fascinated to see what this looks like, North Carolina Central. Uh, need some additional help, obviously, but they're looking to see if they can at least get a share of the championship. So I'm fascinated with that. Let's get back to the SWAC um, as uh, we get into it. I'm going to save our uh, major division rivalry game of the week, if you would, uh, for last. Uh, but I want to get into some of these other SWAC matchups. Um, obviously, we talked about the SWAC game of the week in regards to um, Prairie View at Alcorn, so we won't go over that one. But you have a couple of other interesting ones to me. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, after their big win, they have to hit the road. They go to Grambling. Grambling's struggling a little bit. You have Bethune-Cookman at one and eight, obviously. 
uh, but Grambling off a tough loss to Pine Bluff uh, are three and six. Any thoughts in terms of this matchup, Joe? Yeah, I think the big thing is who's going to be under center for Grambling. Uh, you saw John Paul Pierce came in last week and uh, really kind of moved the ball a little bit. And he also threw for 89 yards uh, for Grambling and got them on the board with a rushing touchdown and passing touchdown. But uh, I'm going to take Grambling at home and get the win over Bethune Cook. Yeah. Alabama State, all but had Prairie View on the ropes. They were on the road. This was after the coach got released. Shout out to Dr. Hill Ely. Uh, he's over there and landing on his feet at Georgia Tech. So I did want to give him his kudos in terms of uh, being able to find a way to get state involved in changing the lives of young men. Uh, but you have Alabama State uh, in terms of the interim coach from the defensive coordinator traveling Mississippi Valley. Valley had their first big loss since they had played a series of close games with some wins involved in, including that uh, big win they had early against North Carolina Central in terms of non-conference win. Uh, but they've been right in the mix. But Alabama State is three and five. Valley comes in at two and seven. They are back at home. And you know what they say about that grass field. Um, can they turn it back on after they had that tough loss to Alabama A&M? It really took them to the woodshed to some degree. Alabama State, the Hornets at the Delta Devils. What do you say about this matchup? A tough matchup, uh, always tough traveling to Itabina. Uh, Caleb Johnson, I think uh, Mississippi Valley gets that running game up and going against Alabama State. I'm going to go with Valley uh, with a little mild upset to get the win over Alabama State. I see it, yes. Bam, you. They want to win out. They want to still put the pressure on Jackson State. Um, this is a chance. If it's going to start, it has to be this weekend with Southern defeating Jackson State. We'll talk a, lot, a little bit about that later. We've had all our Lab lecturers going back and forth and saying who they believe going to win that game. But let's turn it to the Rattlers. Uh, we talked a little bit about it on the band side, but you got Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff got a big win last week, uh, uh, no longer winless in terms of conference play. Um, and so you have FAMU at 7-2 overall, 2-7, obviously 6-0 and in the conference race. They need this win to stay within it. Plus they have playoff aspirations in they're right on the edge of the top 25. This would go in a lot of ways, depending on what those teams do in the bottom. They keep doing their part in winning. They have a chance to maybe get in that top 25, which means you would have three swag schools in there because you have Jackson State that's been in there for a while. Prairie View has entered into the ranks um, on many of the uh, national FCS uh, top 25 polls. But what do you think about this Rattlers at the Golden Lions uh, matchup this week? Still a lot on the line for FAMU, and that's the reason why I'm leaning toward the Rattlers in this one. Uh, defense travels, and we saw last week they were able to pitch a shutout uh, against Southern in the second half where uh, they really kind of shut down the Southern running game and made them one-dimensional. But it looks like Skyler Perry has kind of found his mojo a little bit. Uh, had a huge game last week against Grandma. Uh, threw for 160 yards, ran for another 146. That makes him dangerous. That keeps UAPB in the game, I think, in the first half. But I think a little bit too much Bishop Bonnet, Rashawn, I'm okay in the second half. I'm going with the Rattlers. Gotcha. Let me go with the next one, Alabama A&M. Bulldogs seem to be right in the ship last couple of weeks, and they certainly continue to put up points, as they have done for the most of the season. Texas Southern Tigers, they put up some points, too. Freshman quarterback still getting done body. Showed the first half that he had what it takes in terms of even when he's not on his on, on, full-on game, if you would allow him to use that framework in terms of doing it with his arms. But – he can also do it with his legs. And he snuck around, put up points. They were able to run the ball a little bit. Can they get it done at home? This is the last home game. Can they shock the Bulldogs uh, in this matchup in Houston, Texas? 
or do you say the Bulldogs continue to do what they do in representing how strong the East is? What are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, million-dollar question with this is can Texas Southern keep scoring with Alabama a and I don't think either defense can really uh, stop the other the offense. Uh, the question is can everybody uh, in that Texas Southern offense, can they continue to keep uh, going blow for blow with this tough uh, Alabama a and offense, which is still number one offense in the swag? I think ah, I still have to go Bulldogs on this. Still a little bit too much of Quill Glass. Still and those outlaw receivers. A little bit too much for the Texas Southern defense. Got it. Keep the comments coming. I see you out there telling me what you think of these matchups. I love it. Lab Lectures getting into it. Dwight Moore, K. Johnson, uh, Dwight Moore, uh, Price out here. I see you. Keep it rolling. Give me those updates and let me know your thoughts. A.D. Drew, Division II HBCU football scenarios in terms of playoffs. Great article talking about just how deep the pool is potentially for those. We focus on, obviously, the teams at the top and those potentially getting home games with is – Bowie State, as well as Albany State in terms of the matchup, but you have some other teams. Miles can even find a way maybe to get in there. Fayetteville State, those teams that are in the championship game. Then you have Savannah State as well on the outside looking in, uh, but those are things uh, that could see a flood of HBCUs in Division II uh, playoffs. So go check out that article, BCSN, letting you know there. Let me get back into it, what a lot of folks want to hear about is this Baton Rouge matchup between two legendary programs. Let's be frank about it. Uh, Southern came in with a lot of fanfare, but it's Jackson that is getting the best of it. They're currently ranked number one in most polls. HBCU's clearly number one in my poll. Jackson State, 8-1, and 6-0. They want to close it out this weekend. They want to get that losing streak off their backs. They're on the road in Baton Rouge. You're talking about a classic way to get it done if they can. Can Southern Jaguars 4-5, and 3-3? and Can they continue? streak or will Jackson State end it? What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Professor Bishop. The fact bowl game for the Jaguars. Uh, this is their celebration bowl, taking on Jackson State this weekend. Uh, still the number one uh, ground and pound attack in the swag, uh, and that's going to make for a tough, tough battle with this Jackson State defensive line. Past couple of weeks, we've seen a chink in armor with regards to Jackson State's defense in terms of stopping the run. Caleb Johnson ran for 100 yards, and Ladarius Owens almost went for 200 last week against Jackson State. So I, I think a little bit of concern there. I think Jackson State has a refocus in terms of stopping the run because they've been one of the best, I think, in the nation with regards to stopping. Uh, teams. Only 13 touchdowns have been scored on Jackson State this season. I don't see Southern uh, putting up more than 21 points in this game. Uh, Jackson State does have the ability to, to score points. Uh, we've seen that. So I, that's why I lean uh, towards Jackson State getting this uh, victory on the road, breaking that eight-game losing streak in Baton Rouge this weekend. Ooh, it should be fascinating. It should be one to watch. Don't want to leave out Hampton and Tennessee State. That's the thing when you're not in these HBC matchups. They are in the top ten. They did both uh, in terms of Hampton as long as a, as well as AT and the Big South have bounced back wins last weekend. Hampton four and five on the season at Campbell. Uh, Camels at three and six. So that's one to watch. Uh, keep your eyes on that. Obviously, you have Tennessee State as they play Austin P. This is the second time they play Austin P. This one counts in terms of the conference study. So I think that's an interesting uh, one to check out. Charles, let them know, the pregame show. Y'all be live in Baton Rouge. Talk a little bit about when you expect uh, for people to tune in and how they can find out when y'all going to give it a go on Saturday. 
Yeah, we're finalizing the schedule now with regards to, uh, of course, we're traveling with the team. So we want to make sure that we give our fans all those live shots with regards to the team uh, getting prepped and ready for this tough Southern Jaguar team. So I can tell you now we will go at some point Saturday, uh, whether a little bit after 12 o'clock, uh, maybe around one o'clock time, but I don't want to commit to a time, but we will be going live Saturday to kind of break down this Jackson State Southern matchup. Uh, it's a, a, a battle of wheels. Like I said, Southern, the number one rushing attack in the SWAC. Jackson State is the number one defense in the SWAC. They lead the nation in sacks. Uh, a lot of questions in this in this game, especially with Jackson State stopping, trying to stop that RPO attack last week from Texas Southern. I do expect to see a little bit more Ladarius Skelton this weekend. So, slow burn, slow burn. Waco.com. cigars on the line for a big robbery matchup like this, y'all. Want to see you light it up? We'll see if you if you get a chance, or you go pass the cigar over to some of your uh, friends, I, I, such as Carlos. I tell you what, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and unwrap my cigar now because I plan on smoking <laughs> Saturday night. So, yeah, I'm, so mine, 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 is, mine is coming out now. So. Yeah, you understand the expectations, so they know where you come. I like it. Thank you. Understand for this, that inside the HBC Sports Lab. Yeah, it does smell good. I like it. Keep listening inside the HBC Sports Lab for all the lab listeners. I hope you enjoyed it. Appreciate uh, you coming in and make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am. Dr. Yada Kavil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab, College of HBCU Sports from Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Uh, hope you enjoyed our guest, Mr. James Wesby, breaking down the poll rankings this week for the marching sport. Again, we thank you for listening, Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard. Time, come into the lab. You know how we're doing it. Make sure next week you let us know. Go out there. We will have... The dean's office hours. Let me know if you want that on Wednesday. We'll break it in so you can get into some uh, questions of the day and things that you want. Let us know how that looks. Uh, we can make sure you get in there and give us some updates in terms of your thoughts there. Uh, we do have a call-in number that you can call in. Give us some updates in terms of what that looks like. That call-in number is 678-459-4236. 678-459-4236. Call or leave a message. We'll get you on the air in terms of what your thoughts on that. So we're going to play that out, see if the demand is there. If you want it, we'll get into office hours. Some of these questions you have a lot on the business side, television stuff that we talk about uh, in terms of those questions regarding uh, high scenarios and things that you want to know. We'll see if we can answer and get any other information. But with that being said, follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cabell, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, excuse me. That's Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's Inside HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Roy? Lecture. Dismissed. <laughs> Man. <laughs>